0: With your finalists, Alfred the Great, Henry the Second and Elizabeth the First. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood.
1: Hello! Hello! And welcome to the grand final... The
0: grand final! ...of Rex Factor. I can't believe it. We are
1: here. We have reviewed all the kings and queens from of England, from Alfred the Great to Elizabeth II.
0: And they've gone through the... Not, the what do you call it?
1: The playoffs. The playoffs. 18 had the Rex Factor, only three remain. Yes. So mm-hmm. this episode we're going to go through Alfred... Henry and Elizabeth, um, a bit briefer in terms of summarising their lives and achievements, but then in each section Ali and I will have a bit more of a fuller yeah, a really some debate about yeah. who comes out top yeah. and why to give you some help to think about who you're going to vote for, because of course, as you've done previously, you'll be voting for who you want to win Rex Factor mm. and on this occasion it will be entirely down to the public vote. Yeah But so for the grand final Ali and I are no longer going to be voting It is all entirely down to your vote So go to rexfactor.wordpress.com for details about how you can vote And for more information about all of the monarchs Uh, So let's have a quick run through the three biographies The life stories of Um, these three finalists
0: The three best
1: The three best officially So first up Alfred the Great (laughs) yeah. <laughs> the Anglo Saxon monarch, the first one that we ever did, and here he is at the end. Yeah, amazing. A nice book ending. He was born in the year eight four nine, which was one thousand one hundred and sixty five years ago. Long time. Came to the throne in eight seven one at the age of twenty two. Of course the big thing for Alfred was that this was the age of the Vikings. Yes. They first raided Lindisfarne seven nine three. Initially they were doing all these guerrilla attacks, but then in later ninth century they're starting to settle. Yeah. Blood-eagling the kings as they go along. It's
0: trouble. It, trouble It's, up it's big
1: trouble. So you've got these various Saxon kingdoms. There isn't one united England. We've got Wessex, Essex, Kent, mm. uh, Northumbria, all these different places. Mercia, of course. Uh, and Wessex is where Alfred is, and that's mm. kind of the south-southwest. Mm. And that's basically the last one standing. All the others...
0: So yeah, he's in so a corner. By
1: the Vikings. He's in a corner. Um, and these are proper old-school, hardcore Vikings. It's not the slightly diluted Christian version that can you yeah. presided over. These are pagan, berserker Vikings. Yeah, yeah, lovely job. Initially, he had to sue for peace because he's greatly outnumbered, and he didn't, or couldn't, use this time to build the defences up.
0: Didn't or couldn't?
1: Well... He definitely didn't. Whether Mm. he was actually in a position to or not, we don't quite know. But the important thing is that when a chap called Guthrum came along with Mm. a great big massive army, Mm. took Alfred by surprise in 878, and Alfred was forced out into exile in the, the swamps, of Somerset.
0: Rubbish. Henry the <laughs> second.
1: Well, it's not it's that's not that's where, where it ends. Story where end. oh. grand, thankfully ah. um, what he wouldn't have done at this stage is win the Great British bake off, of course, because no, he burns twice. his cakes. <laughs> A nice metaphor for the fact that he took his eye off the kingdom.
0: Oh we we've done this twice now, but are we sure he definitely didn't burn any cakes?
1: Well, I mean, there's there's no evidence to suggest that Alfred was not a terrible baker. We, so you we definitely can't say that that isn't the case. Okay,
0: so he's like a sufficient baker, you could say. Uh, okay. Well, insufficient in this in, sense. Well, maybe maybe cut them in half. Use use the two <laughs> two bottom halves to make one good one. The bottom and the top of the lovely Victoria <laughs>
1: sponge cream in the middle. <laughs> Yummy. Well, maybe 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 to reevaluate I think Alfred's we record. Revisionist Thankfully, he is able to emerge from the swamps gets his loyal troops from some of the other places together, and they fight a great battle at Eddington. He defeats Guthrum and saves England from being conquered by
0: the Vikings. It's pretty strong stuff, isn't it? Pretty
1: strong stuff. After this, he then builds the peace, neutralises the Viking threat with the Burrs, Mm. which are these fortified market towns, so they're always about 20 miles apart, so you're never about more than a day's march from help. Mm. So the Vikings can't storm in anymore without getting... Resistance of some kind. Right. Proves very effective. Uh, he reorganises the army, so half on service, half at home, and he really pushes for education. Learning has really gone downhill because of the century of Viking attacks. Even mm. the monks aren't really very literate anymore.
0: Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. That he couldn't find anyone to translate anything, so he did it himself.
1: Well, he brought scholars in, but he also does translating himself. He actually learns Latin in order to translate these great works into English, which is quite. Incredible, really, because usually it would just be Latin for the elite, but he wants everybody to be able to understand. Um, and also the Burrs act as market towns, so people are living in towns again, which mm. they hadn't been doing before. Most famously, London is re-founded in yeah. this period, mm. so living back in the city. Uh, and he dies in 899 at the age of 50. His son, Edward the Elder, had to fight to secure the succession, so the job wasn't entirely finished. Mm. But he has established this vision of England, the Burrs, what Edward and his sister Aethelflaed used to really help to expand the kingdom. And of course his grandson Athelstan is the one that effectively finishes the job. And you've got this united England.
0: He sounds really good, Athelstan. I'll I'll look into him. Indeed, you should. should. (laughs)
1: Um, And Alfred, of course, famed as the Philosopher King. Um, And all of these works that he translates, he writes his own prefaces in effect. So we get his own personality, his own philosophy of Mm. rule in Mm. these things. So even though he's all this time ago... We do actually get a bit he of a sense good of his stuff. personality. Yeah, a nice quote about friendship and oh, that's right. other yeah. sorts of things. There's a sense of man who hasn't lived a particularly easy life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been at war with the Vikings. He's in exile. Mm. It's quite a difficult time to be around. And he was suffering from illness throughout his life. He's got the Vikings, but there's this desire to rule well, to rule justly. Uh, but he must still have been quite tough and resolute. Because he comes across as quite saintly particularly by the Victorian historians. Yeah. But to see off the Vikings, he must have been pretty... Well,
0: you've got to have one or two wits about you with a sword, haven't you? Exactly. So that's Alfred. Yep. Henry.
1: Right. F- Henry Second. He was born in
0: 1133, mm-hmm. which
1: is 881 years ago, and comes to the throne in 1154 when he's 21,
0: Yeah. which is almost the same age as Alfred, yeah. just
1: a little younger. Big thing for him coming to the throne was that we'd had the anarchy. Yeah. So his grandfather, Henry I, had only left a daughter, Matilda, but her cousin, Stephen of Blois, had taken mm. the throne instead. Mm. So we have 19 years of civil war, which mm. is only broken in the end when Henry II is uh, declared Stephen's heir. Yeah. As a sort of a... a compromise. A compromise. And when he comes to the throne, he re-establishes royal control, which has really gone downhill under Stephen destroys new castles that all the nobles are in control of or he just builds them newer and better ones yeah lovely Dover Dover and he has this incredible Angevin Empire uh, he's got western and central France or the left in yeah, the middle lovely uh, which got like Normandy Brittany Maine Anjou Poitou, Aquitaine Gascony and Bordeaux
0: yeah it's good stuff isn't it it's
1: isn't more than the king of France owned
0: of y- France yeah wow wow
1: um, and Henry is the top dog in this period. His rival uh, was the King of France, Louis the Seventh. Uh, Henry started pretty well by stealing his wife. Yeah, that's that's
0: backfoot.
1: Eleanor of Aquitaine. Um, various points of tension, which probably certainly would begin with that kind of thing. But Henry expands his territories. Um, the biggest trouble for him, though, was his Archbishop Thomas Becket.
0: Oh, thank God! I thought you were going to say Dunstan. Not Dunstan.
1: Oh. <laughs> Dunstan is in
0: the ground. Well, I bet he raises his head somehow in these. Probably. <laughs> Uh, Well, you've raised it for him Oh, no Uh,
1: Beckett was uh, previously Henry's Chancellor and they got on quite well so Henry thought, oh, this guy helped me bring the church more under my control Mm -hmm. but when he becomes Archbishop of Canterbury he goes a little bit native with the religious folk and opposes Henry (laughs) goes into exile for quite a while comes back only to upset Henry again when Henry mouths off about how people are letting him down by letting this Archbishop be such a pain Four drunken knights hear about this and decide to go off to Canterbury Cathedral and murder Becket at the altar.
0: So quite a reasoned response, I think. Very
1: reasoned response. It's the only logical thing you could do. Yeah, yeah. Causes a bit of a scandal for yeah. Henry at the time.
0: What happened to those four fellas? Not very much, actually. Really?
1: Yeah, I think they sort of just went off into a bit of exile mm-hmm. here and there. Just kind of kept their heads down. <laughs> yeah. Laid low. Yeah. Um, It's not only Becca that causes him problems Um, His passionate relationship with Eleanor of of Aquitaine Turns a little sour Mm. She gets annoyed with his various affairs Particularly with Rosamond Clifford Mm. And his sons Egged on by Eleanor She sort of turns them against him a little bit Uh, We have the Great Revolt 1173-74 Where three of his sons One of whom will later become Richard the Lionheart Ally with the King of France And the King of Scotland ...and rebel all across Europe... ...all across this incredible Angevin Empire... Wow. all rebelling... ...but Henry sees them all off... Okay. ...and he sees it all off... ...the Scottish king gets captured... ...and Eleanor is imprisoned...
0: ...but he doesn't take on the Scots... ...and so he doesn't wage a campaign...
1: ...well he didn't need to... ...because he caught the... ...there's
0: no hammer of the Scots... The king...
1: ...well I mean really it was better... ...because what he did was... ...he <laughs> captured the king of Scotland... ...and then he... ...the king of Scotland... ...submitted to him... Yeah. ...acknowledged him as his feudal lord... And then Henry garrisoned southern Scotland. Uh, But it doesn't all quite go to plan after that. Uh, The new French king, Philip Augustus, is a much more uh, formidable foe, very cunning king, and he seeks to drive a a wedge between Henry and Richard. Mm -hmm. So he encourages Richard um, to see Henry as a threat, because what Henry will do is give the lands to his favoured son, John, rather than Richard mm. so Richard and Henry are therefore at loggerheads Philip of course is just trying to get all of his French land back yeah. that Henry's been nicking because mm. um,
0: Richard's based in France isn't he Chateau-Guillard yeah so that's his yeah Aquitaine with yeah. his mother
1: because he's mother's favourite in 1187 Saladin uh, captures Jerusalem and so there's going to be a new crusade
0: he's Saladin obviously
1: Richard wants to go on the crusade but Henry won't uh, assure him that that John won't get all the land. So Richard thinks, well, oh, this isn't mm-hmm. good enough. Mm-hmm. So he allies with King Philip. They rebel against Henry, who, probably dying at this point of a bleeding ulcer, worn down by uh, a very active life, forced to surrender, and die soon after hearing that even his beloved John had betrayed him.
0: What had John betrayed him? Because John's a a He's a bit of one, isn't he? Yeah. refer back to episode uh, <laughs> yes. John. Episode
1: John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he dies at age 56.
0: That's sad.
1: It is a very it sad way to a go. A
0: sad end for a great reign
1: and an incredible character. Um, he's he's not a very tall man, in comparison to others like Richard, but quite a reddish complexion, large round head, very fierce, grey eyes. Um, but he was broad-chested, strong arms, so he's got this sort of boxer-like. Um, he's almost always on horseback, so he's either hunting or traversing all the way around the kingdom. That's mm. how he keeps control of the empire, is just relentlessly moving mm. everywhere, all the time. And then when he comes back, he'll just walk around the whole time, so he tires everybody out one way or the other. He had quite a good sense of humour. He likes messing with his court, so that if he said, Oh, I think we'll set off early tomorrow, chaps, then he'd yeah. have a lion. Or if he said, "Right, we'll have a line tomorrow, and then he'd get up at the crack of dawn and storm off and everyone else had to run out of bed after
0: him. I don't know that that classes as a joke. I think that's just him being Well, he's bad, messing with them, isn't he? But I, I'd i say, Henry, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny, it's not a joke. <laughs> Tell us a different one.
1: Uh, but he can take a joke. Where, when he was upset with the Bishop of Lincoln, the Bishop of Lincoln made a joke uh, referring to the fact that Henry's Normandy uh, ancestors were said to be... Uh, descended from bastards. William the Bastard, of course. I,
0: can, I don't know, that's a joke. These medieval people are warped out to people. I'd say that was an offence.
1: Well, everyone was a bit worried, but Henry roared a laughter and then explained the reference to everybody else. Uh, but Henry's also very intelligent. he liked to retire to his chambers and uh, read and debate with his scholars matters of the law, mm. which is an area he took great interest in. Uh, but he did have a bit of a temper as well. Mm. It's so one time where he was said to have fallen out of bed, screaming and tearing up his coverlet and thrashing on the floor, stuffing the mattress into his mouth.
0: Yeah. When oh, right. someone told him something he didn't quite like. Uh, that's, that's classic. That's classic Plantagenet Algeman rage. <laughs> rage, isn't it? Uh,
1: but he also had forgiveness in him as well. Um, so despite the fact that for about 30 years, his sons just keep on rebelling and cause him huge amounts of trouble, he always forgives and always tries to meet their needs to have land split between them Mm. and when his eldest son the young henry died uh, henry ii had sent him a ring as a sign of forgiveness and afterwards said "He has cost me much but i wish he had lived to cost me more
0: sweet so you've got quite a sympathetic
1: quite a a big character there Mm -hmm. which is quite impressive again for quite a long time ago they don't all jump off the page as a personality but henry does and another one who does is Elizabeth I. Certainly. Our final finalist. Born in 1533, 481 years ago. Comes to the throne in 1558 at 25, which is technically the oldest. Uh, she was a very disappointing birth for abelin and Henry VIII because she was a boy without a winkle. Yeah. Uh, in 1536, her mother was executed and she became illegitimate. So pretty much overnight, she goes from Princess Elizabeth to the Lady Elizabeth.
0: That's depressing for her.
1: And it's a bit confusing as well.
0: Age, what age?
1: Ooh, like four. Uh, Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Well, no, maybe even three, actually. Uh, Awestruck by her father, Henry VIII, and she grows up pretty much at the peak of his craziness. (laughs) Uh, But when he dies, and she's 14, she lives with his sixth wife. Catherine Parr, but leaves the household when she was caught dallying with Catherine Parr's new husband, Thomas Seymour. Oopsie. And Scandal! After Catherine Parr died, Seymour was arrested and executed for plotting to marry Elizabeth and potentially overthrow Edward VI.
0: I, I'm still not 100% on this. She's, he was arrested for planning to marry someone. Well, the
1: theory is he was going to uh, overthrow the king, Edward VI, mm. marry Elizabeth I, have her made queen, so he was in effect King
0: Mm, That's a good plan Yeah
1: Yeah. Except he got his head Cut off instead
0: (laughs) Badly executed Boom boom
1: Edward VI Um bars Mary and Elizabeth from the succession because he's worried that Mary a Catholic will undo all of his Protestant reforms so he names Lady Jane Grey as his successor. How old is he at this point? Uh, He's 15 when he dies Mm. just on the verge of manhood Uh, but Lady Jane Grey is overthrown after nine days by Mary Mm. so Mary restores England back to Catholicism Mm. murders uh, lots of Protestants Elizabeth herself is imprisoned at the Tower of London after the Wyatt Rebellion the council are actually calling for her execution Mm. but when she comes to the throne. She's a much more moderate character than her predecessors. Her religious settlement is uh, Protestant, but more uh, relaxed than Edward the mm-hmm. Sixth. She's the last in the Tudor line, so there's an expectation that she'd marry, and there's a lot of pressure after 1562 when she nearly dies of smallpox. Right. Robert Dudley is probably the love of her life, mm-hmm. but. There was an unfortunate incident where his wife at the time was found dead at the bottom of some stairs.
0: Scandal!
1: So they were never able to marry and Elizabeth never marries. And there's more pressure on her in the form of Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, yeah, trouble. Her Scottish and Catholic cousin, who uh, in 1568 was deposed from Scotland and came to live in England instead. Right kept effectively under house arrest, but she's the focal point for lots of Catholic plots against Elizabeth, which get even worse after 1570, when Elizabeth is not only excommunicated by the Pope, but all Catholics in England are encouraged by said Pope to assassinate Elizabeth.
0: Who is this chap?
1: A nice guy.
0: yeah, Just right. trying to
1: make an honest living. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, lots of pressure on Elizabeth, uh, but thankfully, Mary is executed in 1586. <laughs> Good. And her son, James the Sixth is much more accommodating because he wants to be king of England. So Scotland okay. plays ball. Perfect. And Elizabeth is, of course, the virgin queen. Mm. So it's not a problem that she doesn't marry because she's married to everybody.
0: Ah, oh, sweet.
1: Sweet. But somebody that she didn't marry was Philip II of Spain.
0: Yes, her her stepfather. No, her st- brother... Uh, what's it? Brother-in- Brother-in-law, Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, he is the King of Spain, the most powerful country in, well, certainly in Europe at this time. And after the execution of Mary Queen after various other tensions, he gets in, fed up and he sends in the Spanish Armada to overthrow Elizabeth. Mm. Huge uh, Spanish fleet of about 150 ships, but they are hit by bad weather by Sir Francis Drake carrying them. They're forced to abandon the invasion and they're largely shipwrecked along the coast of Ireland and Scotland. Terrible defeat for Spain. Elizabeth uh, delivers this legendary speech at Tilbury Fort to her troops. It's an iconic moment, and she's won
0: the day. See, and it starts the decline of Spain from then. Very right? much, is yeah. Decline of Spain. So well done, Elizabeth. Well done, Elizabeth.
1: But her final years, once again, aren't quite so wonderful. All her old ministers started dying off. Mm. Um, Elizabeth herself is getting old. Smallpox led to uh, hair loss, so she had quite elaborate wigs and cosmetics teeth are falling out because of all the sugar that Drake and Raleigh and whatnot have been bringing back from the Americas Um, and Spanish and Irish wars, poor harvest there's this general sense of decline in the country.
0: But it's not, it's the start of the golden age. Well it's the end of the golden age. Oh Elizabeth's golden age age. but
1: Elizabeth in sixteen o one delivers the golden speech Mm. in which she effectively delivers a farewell to parliament but speaks of her love for her people and it's this last great sort of public scene for Elizabeth
0: she's great
1: finally uh, dies in 1603 at the age of 69
0: that's pretty good going isn't
1: it she was about 5 foot 3 quite a slender figure she'd got Henry VIII's auburn hair Anne Boleyn's dark uh, almond eyes pale skin
0: (laughs) She could have done with someone's teeth oh oh.
1: and uh, she's very proud of her long fingers
0: yeah all these gloves to show
1: them off very well educated, she was adept at English, Latin, Greek. Like Alfred the Great, she translated Boethius' uh, Consolation of Philosophy.
0: So she's got that one on him?
1: Well, it's uh, not... Equal think, to him? Equal to him, except Alfred actually publishes it, whereas she's just sort of doing it. She's an amateur. Yeah. In good <laughs> um, a good person. She's accomplished accomplished rider, dancer, archer, she writes poetry, uh, loves music, defends the English choral tradition against Puritans who see it as being a bit Catholic and... Right. Rubbish. Yeah. Um, and she loves humour and witty company, got a bit of a thing for roguish men.
0: Oh, yes. Raleigh and Essex and, and Dudley. Dudley and. Yeah.
1: Ministers would try to entertain her while she worked because she got bored doing paperwork, and ambassadors had to fill half of their reports with business and half just with funny stories from court.
0: Just to keep her reading to the keep next her.
1: one uh, And despite all this, she's quite a cautious personality in government. Semper Iarden was her motto. What Always the same. Yeah. So she it was emphasising stability. So her ministers throughout the reign, pretty much the same people. There isn't the literal chop and change.
0: That could be the the, the, the motto of current Queen Elizabeth. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah.
1: So just at that initial stage, the characters, the life stories. Mm. Uh, how do you compare them? What it's do you think really, they're like?
0: It's really tough, isn't it? Because it's great that we've got three completely different um, time periods represented here. Yeah. Of the two, the one that sticks. There out, are three there. Of the three, <laughs> I've got two in my mind. The one that sticks out from Alfred and uh, I think Henry the sticks out from those three mm. because the other two <coughs> have like this this crisis moment. Mm. The Armada, him sitting around doing his bake off, waiting Affleck. for me. Yeah, all that. Henry the is is sitting sitting pretty. Mm. I mean. It starts off after the anarchy, but it was uh, that had resolved before he became king he, he, doesn't well, sort of, he kind of
1: he he has to reestablish the royal control kind yeah. of immediately after starting so in a way so he's got to mop it up
0: but there was no there was no Spaniard in the channel with a cannon There was Viking, <laughs> and there is yeah. you know, uh, just over the marsh
1: um he did it, have the crisis point of becket though of course. Yes, yeah. And that great revolt where all of his sons and the King of France and the King of Scotland and various other council kind of... Yeah.
0: I just think it's interesting, as far as the characters go, to see how perhaps the other two would have fared, given his circumstances, or Mm. vice versa.
1: I suppose Alfred and Elizabeth maybe both have got that kind of siege mentality, Mm. haven't they? They're kind of very much just trying to survive. Yeah. Whereas Henry is like, the world is my oyster. Yes. So he's Uh, much more expansive as his character, maybe, as a result.
0: And I think... I think that's my bias that, uh, that British people sort of quite like that underdog story. Yeah. You know, it's ingrained, isn't it? Dunkirk yeah. or the uh, long dark winter in nineteen forty-one, forty-two, where we just sit there on our own in. Uh, i was saying it like I was there uh, behind yeah. the Channel. But th- but Henry's sitting pretty, and his 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 first world problems are his sons, you know, yeah. basically.
1: But then I suppose Henry and Elizabeth may be a slightly more kind of fulsome, fun-loving characters because yeah. Henry likes his riding, his hunting his mates and just And yeah. around Elizabeth yeah. likes her fun company, her palaces, her gardens and yeah. all that sort of stuff whereas Alpha is maybe a bit more world weary yeah. and yeah. weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: true. But he's the philosopher as well. He's the...
0: Well really Elizabeth does, does those translations <laughs> She does And actually Henry II
1: of course With all of his legal So we didn't mention too much mm. about that But he does a lot of um, Juries introduced? Juries and the common law And he debates legal stuff mm. With his ministers so although he goes out hunting a lot When he comes back He quite likes to have a read and a debate But so actually in a way They're all quite
0: intellectual Yeah, yeah. Yes. As far as their uh, characters go I think I think I'd have liked Elizabeth I think we'd have got on the best
1: who deserves the HBO treatment?
0: I imagine, of course, also that none of them have ever, ever been portrayed on screen before, because Elizabeth's got the edge here.
1: She once or twice
0: hasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's possibly not without reason. Mm. I kind of think that that Elizabeth and Alfreds might make a better HBO series because Henry's just sort of what's, what's actually going to happen? There's no because there's no crunch point. There's no mm. obvious. Anyway, it'd be more political, wouldn't it? Actually, I suppose it'd be more of the intrigue.
1: At the same time, you've got the anarchy at the start. Mm. You've got establishing his kingdom and all the powers and stuff, the law stuff. Fun with Eleanor. Then you've got Beckett.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually.
1: Then you've got the Great Revolt.
0: It would be a huge, a huge series. Mm. Ten, ten series job. Hmm. Alfred, I well, could smash that in three, three episodes on just on cakes. Let's really get this
1: one this time. I can do this. I can do this. Come on,
0: give me a chance.
1: I can kind of imagine Elizabeth as like if it was if it was a film maybe rather than HBO series, but like an Aaron Sorkin kind of thing. So you've West Wing, Social Network. So you can imagine her. And Cecil and all the others doing lots of walking down corridors, <laughs> witty repartee, and then yeah. moving down the yeah, next bit yeah, to yeah. Kenilworth Gardens or yeah. wherever she is,
0: and cut to a boat in the middle of the channel, and as the tension <laughs> yeah. rises, right, then cut that. Oh, it would be brilliant! And it's so lovely, all the fashions and the technology, and but but I'm never going to get onto yeah, this then. as well, uh, yeah, in, in uh, subjectivity that sh- Shakespeare just over the river, and at the same time. Flowing into the east end of London, you've got all these incredible, magnificent out of this world creatures and spices, and all this stuff in the New World. I think with the other with Alfred it would be a bit too muddy.
1: Well, Alfred, I suppose, in a way, is actually it's it's the more Game of Thrones sort yeah. of yeah. scenario where it's all grimmer, northern gritty.
0: Yeah. It is more Game of Thrones, isn't it? But and Henry the Second is you know what you're getting there.
1: You've got the European aspect, of course, there's so much yeah. of his realm. is Europe, a very colourful court that Eleanor ruled over. Incredible characters. you got Eleanor, Richard the Lionheart, John Beckett. French kings, French yeah. French kings.
0: Yeah, and you could have And scenes. he's such a
1: big personality yeah. as
0: well. Yeah, and you'd have everything from Northumbria right down to South France. Uh, so I think that's good for a little initial yeah.
1: discussion. Let's move on now to The Factors.
0: Battleliness.
1: Um, Alfred, of course, crucially, mm. defeats the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Old-school, pagan, hoarding Vikings, berserker yep, Vikings, Alfred sees them off. Initially, he wins fame at the Battle of Ashdown, where he's known as the Wild Boar, because he fought so hard mm, yeah. and fast, going uphill against two Viking divisions while his brother was still praying.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Eddington, of course, that all-or-nothing all, battle, if he loses that battle the whole kingdom England as we know it never comes to pass because it's been conquered by the Vikings
0: yes that's, so true, that's really good, very good. This
1: great army the burrs this incredible innovation which allows not only the Vikings to be stopped from hoarding around but it's then the means by which Edward the Elder Athelstan etc are able to expand and create that full England yes no it's, it's all very good um, changes to the army I don't, um, a bit of innovation with the navy
0: yeah, he's got a bit of noby in there. That's nice. Does Alfred have any mounted cavalry at this stage? No. So it's all on. It's all on foot. It's all just. Oh yeah, it's
1: ch- chaps in a shield wall fighting these incredibly attritional battles, where mm. basically they're just pressed up against each other, trying to poke a spear around in the middle of the shield, mm. and then somebody dies, they'll kind of shuffle again, mm. step onto the chap. Mm. On the floor, and they just go on for hours and hours. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. Um,
0: Doesn't sound terribly skillful. I I
1: think it must be fairly skillful. You got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Henry the Second. That's traditional medieval stuff, and
1: he's got breaking the sieges with castles. So he's known as a castle breaker at the start. Yeah. So initially. In order to besiege a castle, you'd waste all the land around, you'd wait out for ages until eventually they ran out of supplies and they had to give in. Henry just gets all of his resources and just throws everything at the castle. Mm. And only someone like a king has enough resources to do
0: that. Mm. Because this had been built up in the anarchy where it was just... There was there was not one great big central power. There was all mm. it was all split. So that yeah. would have been enough. Mm. But
1: now with Henry throwing everything at it, it's a much more direct approach. That now all these castles that the nobles have, they can't hold that against the king now.
0: Yeah, and then he starts developing even bigger castles like Dover. Dover to defend against someone like himself. Yeah, yeah, nice. And Dover, of course,
1: still even used in the Second World War. Yeah, still
0: battles. still the largest by area, largest castle by area. Mm. Very nice
1: Incredible stuff um, He also has this Incredible empire Which um, He keeps together Just by relentlessly Moving around Because he's mm. just this Unstoppable ball of energy Basically mm. So some of his Contemporary quotes um, Herbert of Bosham Said he was a human chariot mm. And Louis Seventh, The French king Said he must fly Rather than travel By horse or ship very he important.
0: sounds awful, though. Really, doesn't he? Imagine that. He like, "Oh, give us a break." <laughs>
1: oh. it's not your approach. That's why I chose the second field so much. It's like, oh, this guy—he was making me go around. Uh, Are we having to rule these huge empires
0: hey, and no, it, reforms
1: no. and all sorts of stuff? It's like, hey,
0: yeah, totally. And he, he says, oh, "After a long, he does it, it's the wrong way round." After a long day having fun hunting and all this, <laughs> yep. all this business, he comes home to want to discuss and debate. Law,
1: yeah. oh. um, and he also reclaims territories in Britain. So Scotland, quite a bit of been lost in Northern England, Scotland during the anarchy. Mm. Henry brings it back, and William the Lion captured in the Great Revolt. So Henry is able to garrison Scotland. Also, 1171, he is the first king to visit and claim authority in Ireland.
0: Oh, brings yeah. that into mm.
1: the English sphere. So he captures Dublin and receives the fealty of the Irish kings.
0: And, t- and then his son comes along and tucks it. it, yeah. yeah. Mind you, Elizabeth then went along and had a Yeah, not
1: quite a happy time in Ireland oh, yeah. for Elizabeth. Uh, and the Great Revolt, of course, he sees off rebellions of his sons and all mm-hmm. those sorts of things.
0: But what is his battle? What is his moment?
1: Well, that's what he definitely doesn't have in comparison to Alfred. We just don't have a big battle for him. The, it's good for the country, but the problem is that when he came over to settle the anarchy, mm-hmm. kind of in 1153, he ended up making that agreement with Stephen so if he just had that if he defeated Stephen in battle and become king yeah, that, that be, way it? but he doesn't he doesn't actually have a battle which is the thing that he's lacking
0: if he'd have done that it might be quite a clear cut winner actually that's that's w- totally what he's lacking why perhaps he's less well known
1: mm. Mm. and then Elizabeth I of course lovely of course the most famous is Spanish Armada
0: yes totally
1: huge invasion force um, which would have seen her overthrown Executed, mm-hmm. and England back under, well, effectively under Spanish control. Yeah, but so, certainly so, Catholic. Certainly Catholic, um, and we have these iconic moments like Drake sending in these fire ships to yeah. disrupt the Spanish fleet, or yeah, yeah. that Harry and Elizabeth delivering this incredible speech at Tilbury. Yes, all very iconic. Mm. Uh, and then the starts, the very very starts of the British Empire. Yes, it's a long way from being the British Empire at this point. Mm. But this is the period in which um, the East India Company gets a royal charter in 1600, just a few years before she dies.
0: 1600 is so early. Imagine if it was just six months before and it would have been yeah. 1599. I just don't associate it with a date that early. It's yeah.
1: amazing. Uh, she finances privateers, stroke explorers like... Slash pirates. Slash pirates, Slash pirates like Drake, Frobisher, Hawkins and Swalder Raleigh, of course. They're allowed to plunder Spanish ships mm. and split the treasure with her. And we see the initial claims in America, like Newfoundland, Virginia. That's so where we start going over. Start. They're not particularly successful; those initial colonies. But no. Of course, it's a kind of a foot in the door.
0: To, and yeah, and they name it Virginia, which still exists. You still know, exists, yeah. it's It's got some. Yeah. It, it lost.
1: But we've kind of got the Armada. I suppose in the same way as Henry the that there isn't that like the Battle of etc. etc. Well, have to yeah, because
0: the Armada is over a couple of days.
1: It's so over a couple of days, and do have to acknowledge that as iconic as it is, it's largely the weather, yeah, and a bit of disease for the Spanish troops. Which
0: I'll does take does. luck in my battles. I'm not going to deny myself luck.
1: Well, well, absolutely take the luck, and it's it's all very good and works yeah. out very well for us. But is it more of a Spanish defeat rather than yeah. an English victory?
0: It happened though, didn't it? We did the ball go over the line in '66. It counted as a goal. <laughs> yeah.
1: First, where you've got Alfred, where he's actually fighting this battle, and it's so much rides on it, and it's just an outright victory, mm-hmm. it's quite—it's that's a clear-cut big battle that has very lasting
0: ramifications. Yeah, yeah, but I kind—I—I I don't want to detract much from Victor, uh, Victoria, <laughs> Elizabeth, there, uh, um, because it was—it was, it was de- decisive in that they didn't succeed. Hmm. And it was crucial in, if they had a succeeded, very different story. And, and all the stuff that goes around it, to fire ships, to Tilbury speech, I particularly like. That's such a, a Churchill, pre-Battle um, of Britain type speech. It's just brilliant.
1: The flip side of that, of course, mm. to play devil's advocate is it didn't actually matter.
0: No, no.
1: None of the people she delivered it to are actually going to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we've got three of them there. So how how are you? What are you thinking? Comparing the three of them there, for the battliness?
0: Well, much like the uh, much like the biography, it's it's Henry that stands out again because they're because they've got these two have got that decisive moment. They're dug in, and it allows a breather, respite, and Henry actually, if anything. Is the opposite he's got he's, all he's got is rebellion it's tricky because clearly Henry II is a total war machine
1: and he's easily the most powerful of these three
0: oh yes but he doesn't have that defiant moment he certainly doesn't have the sword waving the air which perhaps uh, we focus on Lesca's rather did Elizabeth um no,
1: perhaps you focus on Lesca's <laughs> Elizabeth because the one who has his sword <laughs> held aloft is definitely is
0: definitely he has yeah. this big
1: battle so much riding on it it's a full-on battle.
0: Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Yeah. is. <laughs> and he defeats them. Yes, and it's, a, and it's a defining moment, and the two marry. That's his sword held aloft. Mm. It's good. It's very, very good. But if there's a face off on the battlefield, only one person will win here. Henry II. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I can't... I don't want to do Elizabeth down. Because <laughs> I really like it. I really, I think... Maybe just because I can see the echoes in modern history
1: Is it PR? The iconic speech Iconic portraits All these sorts of things yeah. But in reality Is it a bit like if you were in the final of Wimbledon And then your opponent pulled their hamstring The first point And you go running around going I am
0: the Wimbledon champion <laughs> It's
1: like well you are technically but I, mean.
0: <laughs> I think it's better than that But I take your point she criticised
1: for her sort of indecision. It's like Raleigh, at the end, said that Her Majesty did all by halves and by petty invasions taught the Spaniard how to defend himself. Oh, because he didn't follow it up. Because yeah. she didn't follow it up. Yeah. So actually, we then have kind of ten years of stalemate, in yeah. effect. Yeah. So we don't really get any advantage no. out of it. And any other campaigns, like where they tried to retake Calais, doesn't really work very well. She mm-hmm. never really commits to the Netherlands... Who were fighting against Spain?
0: No, I suppose what I'm, I'm, I mean. So There's quite the, a
1: lot of quite ineffective, unsuccessful yeah. militariness.
0: But the golden bit, I mean, that after the Armada, can you imagine the celebrations and the feeling of euphoria? It would have been like the World Cup, <laughs> and uh, and you know, and what a victory against the most powerful Armada until Second World War crossing the Channel. Mm. But you imagine after Alfred's victory, there would have been yes, a number of hangovers on the battlefield. Was a lot of mud. I've got a real problem with the mud, yeah. and a lot of just years of rebuilding my miserable hut <laughs> yes. and waiting for Alfred to come along and build a big muddy wall around my town. Elizabeth. Then we've off to America and bringing the trade routes are a bit safer and bringing back more elaborate-looking monkeys. <laughs> and <laughs> Alfred's monkeys were just
1: far too dull. That's they, the problem. Alfred's monkeys were.
0: Alfred's monkeys were sufficient, <laughs> not great oh okay if, it's, I mean, if we're going to be criti- if we're going to be really really to the letter yes. it's Alfred mm. sword aloft and defining enemy defining battle uh, all entwined in one moment there however the strongest most powerful definitely Henry however um, the Hollywood moment the Hollywood moment is Elizabeth mm. Scandal
1: so Alfred uh, very much the poor show in this front um, he was thought to have been maybe high, highly sex in his youth had a bit of a fixation about carnal lust mm, lovely uh, but actually when he becomes king he really tries to avoid all of that actually pays uh, praise for painful disease <laughs> to prevent him having lustful thoughts that is weird but as some people suggested the fact that if you have such a massive hang up about something there must have been mm. stuff going on that Asa decided not to tell us
0: yeah.
1: But in terms of real, yeah. juicy stuff to yeah. get our teeth into. No. Yep. Henry II, however,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's got some scandal.
0: Yeah, he does do rather well.
1: He's got a bit of promiscuity going on, about 11 illegitimate children.
0: Yeah, that's a good guy. Which isn't
1: too bad. Uh, love affair with Rosamund Clifford led to the breakdown in his marriage with Eleanor of Aquitaine, which led to all those rebellions. Mm-hmm. Eleanor of Aquitaine, of course, the, the King of France's wife.
0: I mean, he could have drawn the line there, couldn't he? Yeah. That is, that's epic. Yeah, that's big. I mean, that, that would have been the biggest news of the of the decade.
1: About ten years older than him as well.
0: Oh, just to stir yeah. um, it
1: up. It's only a few weeks after she divorced the King of France that she mm. marries Henry as well.
0: And she had to run through the countryside not getting abducted, because that's how they courted because <laughs> yeah. It's so weird.
1: Um, and then, of course, after the Great Revolt, he then imprisoned her for the rest
0: of the reign. Um, yeah, quite right. Yeah, back in your box.
1: And uh, as somebody pointed out in the semi-final comments, we completely neglected to mention Alice.
0: Who's Alice? Alice was <laughs> the daughter
1: of Louis the Seventh of France, and she was betrothed to Richard. So she came over as a young girl to fair to be Henry's ward, and then when she grows up; she's going to be Richard's wife. Mm-hmm. This isn't. Uh, that's not enough for Henry, so she. Uh, instead of marrying Richard the Lionheart, she ends up becoming Henry the Second's lover instead. So she's betrothed to Richard, his son, and she is the daughter of the King of France, whose wife he has stolen, <laughs> and he's now having an affair with Alice instead.
0: That's amazing!
1: Yeah, and we've been missing that out.
0: Goodness me! That So, the King of France at this point. He's with his wife and his daughter? Yes. Wowzers. Yeah, you can see why he'd be a bit annoyed. Yeah. So, does this Alice actually end up ever with Richard?
1: No, I think in the end Richard decided that he didn't really want his father's mistress.
0: Well, yeah. Good grief.
1: And, of course, we haven't mentioned, until now, Thomas Beckett. Oh, it, Murder it, of Thomas Becket scandalises Christendom, but Henry had a huge pressure. He actually did penance in eleven seventy four, where monks were literally whipped him.
0: I bet they relished that opportunity. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. um, th- he's just in turbo fifth gear all the way through in his reign on scandal. Yeah, he never drops the ball there. And you think
1: he's doing all of this while also zooming around the empire yeah. and rewriting the law
0: uh, and. Uh, the scandal that he does do of the Thomas and Beckett stuff. Mm. I mean, we're still talking about it. No, we're talking about it because it's a history podcast. But <laughs> every, everyone knows about Thomas Beckett. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's uh, there was pill communities there for hundreds of years. That's that's proper proper stuff, mm. which sort of eclipses all the other stuff that so would have given him ten points anyway. Yeah. It's probably. I mean, this is probably about just about. I suppose
1: also the princes in the tower Richard III they're yeah. alleged of yeah, course yeah. <laughs> uh, Ricardians uh, but this is about the only scandal that can really live with Henry VIII
0: do we not have oh yeah Henry, so Henry VIII Beckett princes in the tower possibly abdication crisis mm, mm. he's definitely there I don't know which is better the six wives or this but it's there mm. I don't, I can't think of anything else it's, it's pretty big it's massive
1: um, and of course there's also Elizabeth Mm-hmm. doesn't have anything quite on that scale but she has a few little uh, rumours
0: mm-hmm.
1: of affairs Thomas Seymour so that dalliance while she's in the household of Catherine Parr it's quite a thing and it ends up with Seymour being executed
0: yeah they probably just thought that it was probably just the um, just too complicated yeah they, Could they to write that. the family tree and just say just kill him yeah. <laughs> this is too hard there's Usually too many lines just
1: put a D next yeah. to his name and that'll do Robert Dudley of
0: course
1: mm-hmm. Uh Ambassadors and others uh, rumored that he visited her chamber at night. Mm. There were talks about them having had a secret child together.
0: Unlikely. Isn't it? Unlikely,
1: yeah. but the visiting her chambers, I can mm. believe that may have happened. Um, they were thought that they were hoping to get married, but unfortunately, Dudley had a wife, Amy Robsart. Mm. She was ill at the time, and her illness was hastened when she was found with a broken neck at the bottom of a suspiciously small flight of stairs.
0: There's so many ways to do that medieval time, surely. Well, exactly.
1: You'd think. Given how it's only gonna look bad for them. Yeah. It's not a very smart way of doing it if that's what you wanted to do. Now I'm not I'm but it caused scandal at the time, oh, certainly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Certainly because it's so poorly executed again, pardon the pun. But it, it, in medieval times and I'm not advocating murder, if she's ill anyway, bit of poison. Dead from the old uh, <laughs> illness that she had. Green face or whatever it was, bloaty head.
1: Um a Mary, Queen of Scots, executing her cousin, on a fellow former
0: monarch. Yeah, that's pretty good too. I shouldn't think that was that much, actually. Well she resisted it
1: for a long time, to be fair, with that Elizabeth. Um her hand is forced really, Walsingham mm-hmm. and others sort of getting a bit of a sting operation on Mary. But still mm-hmm. we've got rumours of affairs, we've got the Dudley's wife. Executing Mary Queen of Scots.
0: It's, it's not light, is it? It's I mean, not it's light. Not, I mean, Alfred basically doesn't have anything. No. Some people, uh, <coughs> Henry II blows absolutely everything out of the water. Yeah. But Elizabeth isn't... It's, it, it's <coughs> good scandal. It's, it's really good decent, stuff. It's decent effort. Yeah.
1: Solid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we're looking for something that reverberates... Oh, yeah. Now no no. The only thing with Henry II is that, of the three, he's probably the least famous name, Yeah, I think. Certainly. And the problem is, that if you're, t- if people say, oh, what did he do? You think, well, he, he had this incredible empire, this huge character. He did the, the law codes and jury. David Castle. David Castle. But ultimately, the thing which will get the recognition, you say, oh, he was the one that you know, killed Thomas Beckett. And they go, yeah. oh. Yeah.
0: Is
1: it is his scandal almost too good? Has it almost overshadowed <laughs> yeah. his other achievements? Definitely. I mean, it, the Beckett has even overshadowed all those other incredible bits of scandal that he did.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think absolutely spot on. this. it's too much. I know he didn't have that battle as well, which didn't help his cause. But that void is filled by the scandal. It really is. So it's just bursting out of the edges everywhere else. Um, and he's got he's got murder and the
1: bedroom antics. He's got the two of them. Yeah. He
0: could have just just focused on the bedroom antics. Not that he needed to. <laughs> it's like a, a beautiful rain or a beautiful car that. You can't quite appreciate because the, the stereo is always turned up to deafening. It. It's, too, it's too much, Henry. Turn the volume down. <laughs> Turn the volume down. Let's look at your lovely, lovely car. Volume down. Subjectivity. Mm-hmm. Eddington
1: is important for the subjectivity because it does establish England, the English language, all of these things against these pagan berserker vikings Mm. it's all quite important the burrs aren't just the forts but they're also market towns so people are living in urban environments again Mm. not least london being reformed he's got the education going on in all of his officials and bishops etc have to be literate which seems quite, quite yeah. insane enough. Yeah. the very least my Prime Minister will be is able to read and write.
0: That's very good, isn't
1: That's it? the minimum standard for the job. But he set that minimum standard. <laughs> he did set the minimum standard. So, you know, so he's improving learning in the country and, of course, he's translating works into Latin himself. He's learnt Latin mm. in order to translate it. Mm. And he's middle-aged, by our standards, old, by Saxon standards, mm. been fighting the Vikings for... Twenty yeah, odd years. Less, and then he, he wants to do is that and then he does this. Mm. So he's giving of himself for the good of his people.
0: Too much. Should have been focusing on his <laughs> too bedroom. Too much good stuff.
1: Mm. And he's got this vision of the and a uh, united Anglo Saxon England. Doesn't finish it, of mm. course, but it's it's a long term project. Mm. Certainly is. You've got to invest at the start.
0: Right at the start. He's never going to see the fruits of those labours.
1: But as you very nicely said, uh not in his episode, I think in the next episode. It's like when an old man plants an acorn that he's never going to see, see grow yeah, into the tree. Yeah. It's always good for a country when you've got that kind of thing happening. And that's what Alfred does, he plants the acorn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish I hadn't said that now. Well, you yeah, know, it's
1: funny, because if you listen back to the early episodes, if you listen back to Alfred's episode, you don't express any negative opinion about Alfred in that episode whatsoever. Really? Yeah. What else
0: happened?
1: Well, I think what happened is that we did Alfred's... Uh, we did backgroundy stuff Alfred Edward the Elder and Edward the Elder we didn't have so much to go on there wasn't quite as much detail about him so we weren't quite so impressed Mm -hmm. we had a long gap for summer and then we did Athelstan I think in your mind, you just confused Alfred and Edward. And now you've all the <laughs> negative things that you had in your head about Edward the Elder. So after how many times I list all these incredible achievements, you used to go, yeah, but, I mean, it's all just a bit, isn't it? Yeah. There's mud around. It's,
0: uh, that, is, that is
1: my main complaint <laughs> <It seems laughs> There was mud. Anyway, that's good subjectivity for Alfred.
0: Yeah, undeniably.
1: And it's ruling for the good of the people.
0: Mm. Well done.
1: But another man who does that is Henry II. Removing the anarchy. Mm. So, all of these foreign mercenaries that the nobles had get sent away, re establishes royal control so we don't have all these overmighty barons with their castles causing trouble. Mm. And he really pushes for justice in the country. So, he's got instead of corrupt sheriffs and instead of people just coming to him and getting judgments, he has proper kind of professional courts set up in various places so he doesn't have to be there all the time. There's an actual system set up for itinerant justice is going around, touring the country in circuits. That's a good time. system.
0: We've stuck with it. Yeah. We well, think it's a good actually, idea. Yeah,
1: we still do it, by the mm. way. Um, and the assize of Clarendon, 1166, huge development, um, leading to effectively the start of English common law. Mm. So we get the principle of trial by jury. So 12 lawful men had to report under oath any accusations of crime mm. that they're aware of, and then they try it. The whole thing of having this sort of legal code and precedent and all this sort of thing. It's really the beginnings of this formalised legal structure where instead of the whims of the king, there's actually a process and a set way
0: of yeah, doing it. Yeah, yeah, It's good. It's very good. And
1: he's uh, generous as well. 1176, there's a famine in Maine and Anjou, so he sent grain to feed 10,000, employed a Templar knight to distribute a tenth of the royal court's food mm. to the poor, and he sought to protect victims of shipwrecks with penalties for robbers who would take advantage of them.
0: Quite right.
1: So you know, he's he's another one who's actually he's governing for the good yeah, of the people. He he's doing it. And I suppose you could say that Elizabeth I is one who's certainly got a oh, eye set on what is good for the country. Yeah. As well, um, she comes after the turmoil of Henry VIII, Edward VI, Mary Mary, the Sixth, Mary I. It's crazy to and fro with the religion and mm. all these people being executed. But as we said, that semper iadem stable rule. Mm-hmm. So her ministers are there pretty much throughout sticks with them is loyal it's all much more I fun. like
0: it yeah I mean uh, the, it's it's I think as well because the, you can see the echoes with Elizabeth it's very very similar it's Elizabeth very the second Elizabeth the second yeah very strong echoes um, of Elizabeth the first, first yes she's definitely mirroring Elizabeth the first <laughs> Elizabeth
1: uh, and as you were saying earlier we've got the Elizabethan age that golden mm. age of um, Shakespeare Marlowe um, in theatre Spencer in Sydney as poets Byrd and Dowland uh, and music, mansions being built like Hardwick and Burley.
0: Yeah, it's got some interesting architecture.
1: Exploration. Yeah. Hawkins and Drake and Raleigh, etc. Drake circumnavigating the globe, the Golden Hind. Um, and uh, she's popular as well for much of her reign. Yeah. And she is more and very adept at that propaganda. So we've got the sense of her as the Virgin Queen, we've got all these really symbolic portraits. Yeah, and she's very careful with her image as well. Very image conscious, mm. so she stays at about sort of thirty-five for the last thirty <laughs> years. Of her, right?
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I just feel as if you were Elizabeth's subject, mm. you'd kind of feel like you're on the cusp of something, mm. like all of this exciting times. You feel right on the edge of the known world. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, and uh, with. Alfred, you might feel right on the edge. You'd feel right on the edge for all the wrong reasons. Like you're just on the edge of survival, mm. and and he'd given you the tools to survive another day. Not you're not really thinking that far into the future. Perhaps mm. Henry the Second. It's loads of good stuff that's really important, um, like the Tudor stuff, but not not really sure how, how different it would feel.
1: Well, Henry's one of those, and I mean, Alfred as well to a certain extent, they're both kind of quite long-term policies they're yeah. putting in. Yeah. So it's a bit like in politics where always, everyone's always quite short-term focused because if something what doesn't is, yeah. isn't exciting and doesn't change immediately, you won't win the next election. Mm. So maybe Henry the Second and Alfred the Great are doing these long-term policies that probably don't win them any friends at mm. the time. And people probably actually don't like the imposition of the demands that have been placed on them in mm. order to get these things done. Elizabeth the First. is it a little bit, sort of for an English political reference, the kind of cool Britannia?
0: That's kind period. of what I feel, yeah. feels, really, feels great really great at, really at the, good, the time. Yeah.
1: But is it one where you look back in ten years and think, oh, we did spend a lot of money there and we really should have got health sorted out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
0: going through the budget going, what's all this money being spent on monkey food? <laughs> um, I, but, yeah, I know what you mean, and... I think you would notice the difference with Alfred because, in the coming years, you'd feel this more stability and uh, certainly less rage. I mean, that's quite. I've obviously. been far less plundered this year. Yeah, than the, last I've year, I've I'm sure. Got, my limbs are, are disappearing at a slower rate, certainly. <laughs> uh, but Henry the Second would it be that different to who came before him? Well, well yeah. anarchy, of course certainly. he follows the anarchy. Yeah.
1: Of course, so actually you've got strong central. Government, which you haven't had for quite a long time, you've got mm. justice restored. So I suppose actually probably, yeah, probably would, would. would feel it. But as I said, he's probably one of those where it is very much you feel it long term. You see the significance of the legacy yeah, that no, he leaves behind.
0: You're absolutely right. Elizabeth is an odd one out here because these Alfred and Henry, it was all about stability. Whereas actually, they're always the same with Elizabeth. After her, after that rough period of Tudor times... But yeah, they, all, they all follow turbulent yeah. periods. Really. They're all about restoring stability, aren't yeah. they? And I think, possibly then, they've got they're on unequal footing here.
1: And they're all focused on making things better. Yeah. So, like, Alfred had that sort of nice sort of coda where he said about leaving a memory of himself in good works. Yeah. Henry II doing all the legal stuff... Elizabeth the First, we got that golden speech.
0: Yeah, that's that's striking, isn't it? Wonder why. Wonder whether that's typically what people have gone for. Isn't yeah. It?
1: So yeah, we haven't just you know the Henry the Eighth, the Henry v, the
0: Yeah, we don't have those. Big the
1: simple ones. ones, no. They're slightly yeah. more complex individuals yeah. and a bit more public spirited.
0: I would certainly rather be a subject under Elizabeth first.
1: Yeah, that's an easy win. Yeah,
0: I mean it's always going to be the more modern one, mm. but. I think Hen well, and the other two certainly win on the other front. Well, who's made the most difference to my life today? Mm. Alfred's so, one Alfred's is so
1: long ago that there's so much that has to happen afterwards. Mm. Mm. But Debaced it's so him, fundamental, though. It? It?
0: Yeah. It's the start. It's, mm. it's without that, then nothing. Yeah. But Henry II is really, really strong. Mm. Longevity.
1: So Alfred ruled from 871 to 899, mm-hmm. which is 28.5 years. Mm-hmm. Henry II was 1154 to 1189, which is 34.75 years, and Elizabeth I, 1558 to 1603, 44.33 years. Mm-hmm. I suppose so, The question is, which whose reign, whose length of reign, is the most impressive? Because Alfred's a long reign, given that he, you know, he's a Saxon and Saxons die when they're 50. Mm-hmm. He's king for nearly 30 years. It's only good. And with all the Vikings running around, mm. Henry the Second. These, I mean, he's only you know in his fifties when he dies, and yet he's you know he's been there for nearly thirty-five years. So much energy, so much moving around. He's probably just worn down by it.
0: And they all become uh, monarch at a similar age. Yeah, 20s. twenty-one, twenty-two,
1: 25. twenty-five.
0: Yeah. So they've got the same starting point, but you'd expect the more modern ones to live longer.
1: Mm.
0: So maybe it's maybe they're all they're all on equal footing there. Does Elizabeth go on slightly too long? It's not Edward
1: III territory of too no. long, where like it's in decline for about twenty years. But
0: I think it's natural. I like that. It's not. Uh, there's no. There's no artificial ending. It's not too soon, or no. he she doesn't do an Edward III and going on too long. She ages. She says goodbye. She dies. There's nothing for her to sort out. I think, other than her succession. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, in so fact, if we come on to
0: yeah dynasty. Not the programme.
1: Alfred has five surviving children. Henry II has four. Mm. Elizabeth I, of course, doesn't have any at all.
0: Mm. Well, that, that, as we get more modern, you know, well, <laughs> we get fewer and fewer
1: children. Yeah. But Elizabeth is the last in line for the Tudors. So, in a sense, we're talking about dynasty. Her dynasty ends at her. Ooh, she yeah. fails that's, to yeah. continue Tudor dynasty.
0: That's, that's a big black mark in her mm. copybook, isn't it? Yeah. Although... The, um, the change of dynasty doesn't come about with a war or no, a battle no. it's a nice succession to the next one mm, James um, the Stuarts and these these other two fellas that's what it's all about isn't it and less so with the Saxons because it's not necessarily the firstborn son is it that they, they no had those they? Oh, because
1: Alfred of course um, he came to the throne when technically his brother had a son yeah but the son was a toddler yeah. And that's the problem when Alfred dies, is that Edward the Elder now has a rival, technically superior in bloodline, mm. Saxon, who's an adult as well. So they have to fight for the succession. So in a way, Alfred has all these children who take it on, mm. and of course he invests Athelstan. Mm. But Edward could have been defeated you know, within a year by another Saxon, and then everything Alfred did would have just been...
0: Henry what well, uh, so uh, yeah that, that was well, I mean the incredible yeah.
1: thing with Henry the 8th uh, Henry the 2nd when you think about it and it rivals I suppose, the Tudors and Henry the 8th Henry the 2nd is married to Eleanor of Aquitaine ignoring the young Henry and Geoffrey who are sons who lived to adulthood but die who were mm. probably you know, major players but mm. Richard the Lionheart and John mm. his two surviving sons mm. huge characters that's the family that's the royal family Henry the mm. 2nd Eleanor Aquitaine Richard the Lionheart John, mm, and this and this is a reign where William the Marshal pops up as well. Yes, also. yes.
0: But if we are so to look at the dynasty, though, mm. uh, uh Alfred? Yeah, he sorts out. The focus wasn't on perhaps somebody enabled mm. whoever it was to come come along. Elizabeth, it was a smooth session to a different dynasty. Maybe not her doing, but it, that was the outcome. Henry the Second, his sons never there. John causes. All kinds of havoc, although they do continue.
1: But, the well, the, the other flip side, of course, is that Henry II is the first in the Plantagenet dynasty. Yeah, which, which is, is the longest, longest. Is the yeah. dynasty yeah. that there's ever been.
0: Yeah. So, again, this is I don't think they've all got their own good, uniquely different but equally good outcomes.
1: I think still with Elizabeth, you've got to look at the zero with Elizabeth though, Oh, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I like, the even on her deathbed, she wouldn't acknowledge James as her successor.
0: Just sort of nodding while saying no. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: so it's... You know, if she died earlier, it could have led to a war, civil war. Particularly if Mary Queen of Scots was still at large at that point. We come to that final category, the one that brings it all together. Mm. Who has got the...
0: Rex Factor! Of Rex Factors.
1: Exactly. So, obviously, they've all got it. Mm -hmm. And, obviously, they've all got it to a level that even the other ones that had got it hadn't got it yeah but how do people decide which one of all the monarchs this is the one that you put at the top the greatest the Rex Factor champion
0: I mean the <laughs> risk of sound like Simon Cowell here we've got three excellent contenders in front of us um and you can't really I <laughs> Simon
1: Cowell famously
0: generous to all this <laughs> who's the other one I can't think of another Cheryl sure Cole yeah uh, okay I'll be sure Cheryl Cole <laughs> <laughs> um oh, pets <laughs> You're good, good kings and that I'm going to stop doing the accent now uh, I don't know how you decide I just don't know how you could possibly decide between these three I think it's just kind of come down to your favourite And that's probably where the personality and biography bit Is so important here Because they seem to equal out in other areas Although perhaps not Henry Bear with me here because he's so good in all of them. <laughs> Scandal, he's out. Well, of course, shot. let's
1: not forget when we did our scoring, he was the top scorer. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and you can see that. Yeah, Scandal, he always sh- outshines. said outshines all his other achievements? But Backley Nurse, he's right there. Um, subjectivity it's really very good.
1: It's a decent length of rain, but there's butts. Yeah, has got
0: Even Scandal, where it's incredible, it's but Is it too much? Right. Backley Nurse, but there's not that something.
1: There's that question, I suppose, which is an interesting one. Which I don't know how, what you have in your mind when yeah. you thought about Rex Factor. Are you voting for the one that you think is best, the one that you like the most, or the one that just is starrier, that just has something more about all, them, or can, do they or they combine? They I all come into one thing.
0: It all, it all comes into one thing where you can just pick one now. But I think each one of those, those three topics that you had there each one of those does a different thing mm. so uh, what were they you've got the, the the one who is the best we can look at the scores yeah perhaps the one who's starriest is the one who's got the great next to him mm. and I really like Elizabeth <laughs> and I think the the age is just lovely and mm. you could imagine it <coughs> in a in a Hollywood movie as we've seen and it really lends itself to it it's real just, stretch I'm actually, to imagine that <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and the monkeys yeah
1: so, we are not voting. No, thank God. It's all down to the public, and I kind of feel that because you've been um, perhaps leaning to uh, yeah the slightly more oestrogen-fuelled
0: <laughs> contender,
1: that I've been kind of anti-Elizabeth. I'm not anti-Elizabeth because I mean, like my when I was doing A-levels, we had to do like a special essay, mm. history, and mine was on Elizabeth and her marriage or not yeah. getting married to people, all that sort of stuff. So she's been there for ages.
0: Mm.
1: Alfred, like, reading about him before we started doing this was probably one of the things that made me think, God, these guys are really interesting. They yeah. just know the name and look at all this stuff he does. Yeah, yeah. And then Henry II was one where you know there must have been a Henry II, but don't really know anything about him. they think, God, this guy is... Yeah, He's maybe better than everybody.
0: Mm. And he proved it, didn't Yeah. He
1: and then here they all are, three incredible monarchs.
0: Yes. I think if, the, if, the, if it's sort of anything... That these three are certainly the best. It's a good process to whittle them down.
1: So, in order to vote, you go on to rexfactor.wordpress.com. All the information about the monarchs and the link to the survey where you'll pick your favourite.
0: Mm -hmm. Because I think that's almost what it's down to. If if you've got a clear favourite from all the different Mm -hmm. factors, but they're all there.
1: They're all there. So you've got until the 31st of July to vote for who you want to win and then we'll be recording the last episode in the series the results episode on the 1st of August
0: yeah we'll have that as a video as well
1: remember also that uh, we've throughout we've been doing a, a dynasty survey mm. so you can find that on the voting page of the website as well where you can vote for what your favourite dynasty is so we'll give you the results of that as oh, well. oh yeah a little
0: boost of bonus that'd be nice that'd yeah. be
1: nice to get that as well but until then
0: it's been a pleasure yeah um, but we'll see you one more time
1: we will see you one more time and maybe maybe after that as well
0: <laughs> cool well but, until thanks, then and thank you for voting
1: thank you in advance because you must vote and remember you will vote you will get your friends and your family to vote tell everybody to vote it would be great for the one last big push for the final
0: it's all down to you see you next time Cheers.